Hello, wonderful people. This is Jason English with Things About Things, simplifying concepts without sacrificing depth. And this time, we simplified something I never thought I'd simplify. A band. The band Fish. So the, some of you listening are like, oh yeah, Fish. And other, other of you are like, what's that? It's Fish with a PH, by the way. By the way, uh, what do you call a deer with no eyes? You know this one, right? You've heard this one. You heard it when you were a kid. It's uh, no idea. But uh, what do you call a fish with no eyes? Fish. Fish. Oh, man, that's bad. Well, anyway, I sat down with my good friend, Brent Somerville, and he has been following fish for quite some time now. And I was just like, you know what, man? I don't really know too much about fish, and let's just talk it out. Why do you love them so much? What's it? What's what's the reason why there are people that are so into this band? So we did it. We just sat down at his house and chatted, and man, it was fun. So if you like that, some of you might be like, I don't even know what that is. So just Google it first. Oh, oh okay, it's like jam band. For the people that follow Grateful Dead, they probably end up also following fish. But regardless of your musical preferences, regardless of what kind of music you normally listen to, I bet if you just sit back and chill and listen to Brent and I chat, you're going to have a blast. Enjoy. first ever second timer mm. but there's been another joe now you're my first ever third time <laughs> just right on my heels <laughs> right on your heels <laughs> and i asked him like do you want to do you want to do a thing that's related to fish and he was like nah <laughs> no <laughs> it'll just be all questions i don't think he knows much about them right this is about things you like right yeah so this is the second ever right. things i like about things and the only real rule is no negative talk. No problem. And it's like, if something, if there is anything that you don't like about fish, don't yeah. even tell me. <laughs> well, spoken like a true fish fan, that's kind of how <laughs> fish fans are. You can have internal dialogue, yeah. but as soon as you start complaining, you kind of get stockpiled. They're like, bro, that's not what this They're is. They're like, look, man, where's your love and light? <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. I can't figure out how there's a band in the category like them and I can't think of any other band in that category of in, enormously famous and not at all famous, all sort of at the same time. They have a right. massive following, and yet I talk to so many people that have never even heard they exist. Mm. How did you even hear about them? Um, <clears throat> I think, well, back to what you just said, I think yeah. widespread panic uh -huh. is another one. Oh, yeah. A lot of panic spread heads or whatever they uh -huh. are, right? and they tour very prolifically but no one knows them you know yeah that's a good but anyway call. there are jam yeah. bands out there but right none like fish <laughs> <laughs> so jam band is that how you describe what it is yeah okay jam band um the world's best band <laughs> right especially in the jam band category right? that's a true fan 
I think I... was the best band. <laughs> right. It's hard to say how I heard about them. It was... Um, it would have been... 90s. In the early 90s. Mm-hmm. I was in college. But I have this memory of being at home at my parents' house in the backyard and hearing from somehow, someone, maybe on the phone, that Fish was playing at, like, Horde Festival. And I don't even know if that's true. I can't remember. But right. I heard about him just in the music talk. And and that's right around, that was probably the early to early 90s. And then they were just touring like crazy. And so it didn't take long to look into Fish and, and like, oh, yeah, we should check this out. But it's probably connected to my friend Kevin Keck because he, he accompanied me to my first Fish show in 94. Wow. So jam band. But what's the, what's the hook? What's the allure to you? Why is it such a, why is enjoyable it? experience for you? Yeah. I'd love to, I'd love to hear like, approximately how many shows you've been to, and sure. you probably don't want to list all of them and take too long. But that's okay. Why you go to so many of them? You know all that. I want to hear it all. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was the question? <laughs> uh, why you like them so much? Yes. <laughs> well, um, there are. So they have albums, and you listen to the music driving around, and it's great. But the real deal is like a live fish show. Okay. I went to a Grateful Dead show in 93, the one and only with Jerry. There was lots of permutations of the dead, but I got a Uh sense of like a Grateful Dead show in 93, Chapel Hill with Jerry Garcia. Mm -hmm. And it was amazing. Indoor at uh, Dean Smith Center. Indoor, I was behind the stage with my buds in college. And got a sense of the big energy, and we're all in this together, and it's like an inside, wow, insiders crowd. Oh, twenty some thousand people just having a party with the band as like the inspiration and the, the vibe. But why is it different than, twenty thousand people at at a different concert? Right. It, it um. Well, and then in 94, the year after, I yeah. went to my first Fish show. Oh, right. And, um, so that you're, you were a Grateful Dead. So it was Dead, like Grateful Dead, Dead boom, fish. Right. But, um, yeah, it's different than other concerts, which I have been. I've been to, like, Rush concerts, Bill Monroe, some good stuff. And um, on one hand, it's like anything else, eating food, going on a road trip. There's moments in there that are just choice you're like right. life is good i'm happy to be alive i can't believe i'm here right here right now that sounds very spiritual big high moments yeah and they take they they take the whole scene and they like they create some dissonance right so you have to be tolerant of like whoa this is getting weird yeah it's like all falls apart and then they the noise becomes so abstract yeah and, and then they just like <laughs> and some people freak out like in the flashy lights Dissonance. And they're like, I can't handle this. And then this. it sort of like comes back together and settles into some groove. And yes, there are four musicians, art. yeah, that have been playing together since college, since 1983. And they just communicate as they're playing. Unreal. And then Trey will do something and Paige will accent it. And then Mike will j- follow along on the bass. And meanwhile, Fishman's back there laying down a steady beat. But they'll take that groove somewhere fun, maybe relaxing. Maybe it goes somewhere, or maybe it like transitions into this jam that like maybe goes ambient, and then you feel yeah. euphoric and uh-huh. floaty, 
or big energy rise, rise tension and release to a, a to a high peak where everyone's like arms yeah. up, screaming, bright lights, jumping, you know. So they may take you on a high, high peak and then da climax, or they just ride out this like this like uh, driving groove where you're dancing. Yeah, it's like wow, I could drive across country to this. You know, yeah. it's just like a groove that will never stop. You just keep going. Keep. It's not like a sprint yeah. or like a scream. It's a continuing feeling. Yeah. So they do all that and. <sighs> They take chances, so that means there's a risk involved. So some shows fall flat, or some sets. You know, mm -hmm. they have a format where they show starts at eight. They start playing at eight thirty. They play first set for an hour, hour and a half. Take a set break. It's supposed to be fifteen minutes, but it's like thirty, forty minutes. Come back, play a second set, which is a little more jammy. Uh huh. And then they go away and come right back for an encore, which is a song or three. Sure. But. Um, they take chances in the in this format to 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 give you that good time. Um, sometimes it falls flat, mm -hmm. but sometimes it's epic. Sometimes set one is like that's a lot of songs. I like those songs, but then the last song in the set they just blow it out and, and go into this long jam, and everyone's at set break like, whoa, that was a fish show. Wow. So it's just some good moments, and they do it. They know how to do it. That feeling you're talking about of like. Things are great in the world, and yeah, everything's you know. right. and you're probably looking around at people sometimes, right? And you you know they feel that same thing at the same <laughs> time. Like you almost can't even describe what it is. You look at each other and go, like, yeah, this is perfect right exactly. now. Exactly. The I'll, guy said that on a podcast today. Really? Because he's going over the top sixty-four jams, or they are, because <clears throat> everyone's voting on a bracket system. All oh, right, you said zooming that, in yeah. on jam the top jam of twenty twenty-one, but. But he was like, I was at the show, I was up front, they were playing this song, I was like, this is amazing. But when he turned around and saw the light shining and all the people, and all the people were moving, it was confirmation. Like, oh yeah, this is happening. Yeah. <laughs> this it, is really good. I just thought of, have you ever seen Field of Dreams? This is going to seem like a weird jump. Field of Dreams with Kevin Costner, yeah. baseball movie. Yeah. Uh, one of the players comes back the, from the dead, like the ghost players, Shoeless Joe Jackson, Yeah. comes back and... And he goes, hey, is this heaven? And he yeah. goes, oh, it's Iowa. <laughs> and he goes, oh, I could have sworn it was heaven or something like that. And then he turned around and it was like people together and they're loving each other and they're swinging on the porch swing and everyone's happy and they're playing baseball. And he goes, maybe this is heaven. And it's like, <laughs> maybe it is. yeah, you'd be at a concert and you look like if there's a heaven, like maybe I'm already in it right now. <laughs> at a, probably at a fish show, you've probably thought, right. maybe this is heaven. Mm -hmm. And you've <laughs> arrived. And I had a, a conversation recently with my friend Hank, who's a, oh, I think you know Hank Montgomery. Wasn't he in one of your classes? Yes. So he's, he, we just recorded a podcast conversation about, cool. he's basically an audiophile. You mm -hmm. know what I'm talking about? Yeah. He's really, really into that stuff. Cool. And he used some of that same language of your body's just like, yes, this mm -hmm. is what it should be. <laughs> and then other people who are into it, they hear a song instead of through the, you know, computer or phone or like a crappy headset or whatever. It's like through good equipment and you're sitting in the right part of the room. Someone else is into it. You look at each other and go, you feel that? Yeah, you feel that. You, we, we, it's like, <laughs> this is perfect. Yeah. So it sounds like that's what a lot of people at Grateful Dead and Fish Shows probably have experienced. Yeah, there's nothing like it. It's, the peak, it's a peak experience. Yeah. Um, 
and you're right, it probably is religious. It's very sp- spiritual. Yeah. I always think about it. Like this past tour, 2021, has been full of amazing stuff. It's classified as the phase 4.0 period of fish. Oh, okay. So 1.0 was all the 90s. Okay. You know, from the formative years to to uh, hundreds of sh- uh, over a hundred shows a year in big uh-huh. arenas, and and, and uh-huh. then two, and then they kind of hung hung it up for a while. So hence the 2.0 is because they actually took a break and you they thought they hiatus, were done. They went on okay. hiatus. Got it. Yeah. yeah. After playing uh, Big Cypress on the when it went from 99 to 2000. They, that's when they called it. They after no they played a little bit after that but then they called it right after 2000. And they were ready for Y2K to yeah. ruin it all. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Nothing bad happened. So. But they took a little hiatus after that um, and came back and played like 2003 and 2004. Okay, so a few years. With, of for, no... for 2.0 is a little sliver. Of, we we're back, but lead, sing, lead singer, lead man Trey Anastasio has drug problem. Oh, okay. Band gone by August 2004. Okay. Broke up. Okay, so they that's played, a pretty distinct 2.0, and it had an ending. They played their last show in Coventry, Vermont. I went, oh, and man. Uh, it was a muddy mess. They shut down the interstate. They were like, no more. People walked in 20 miles. It was muddy. and That um, sounds like Woodstock stories. And, you know, it was Trey was not in a good place. They either were flubbing songs or they were crying. Did you know it was the last one mm-hmm. at the time you were there? So yeah. they had announced it. Yep. It was a little somber. So you're crying because you're like, you guys mean so much to me, and I've had by then probably a dozen or more concerts. Right. Mm-hmm. How many now have you been to? I've only been like 35, I think. A, a few every year is sort he of did, my vibe. Anyone listening? He did not put air quotes around 35. He really yeah. means only 35. 35. <laughs> <laughs> because you, you put them in fish.net, and so when you're looking... It, like songs and jams in the past, it highlights the, where when you were there. Like, oh, you were here for this one. You're like, oh, really? I was here for that Harry Hood where they did the first glow stick war because they highlighted on the website. So, so fish.net. <laughs> yeah. P H I S H.net. Yeah, that's right. There we go. Somebody wants to it's check like them out. That's the place to start. Low tech, old school hyperlinks, you know, works great. Full of data on fish. Love I gotta it. go. I gotta go there and see. So, all right, two point ended there, and you're crying because you're like end of a season end of, of life, and mm-hmm. like you guys meant a lot to me, and this is it. I'll never see you, but thank you. How long before three And that had been twenty years, so I was like, that's pretty good. Oh, it had been twenty years at that point, right? Because they started in eighty three, and by oh four they were done. Um, and for a lot of bands, that's much longer than the average run. Yeah, most already. bands don't even even successful bands don't last twenty years. Yeah, and they all had their own individual projects. Like Paige McConnell had Vita Blue, and Trey has Trey Anastasio band, and Mike Gordon has his own band, and then Fishman, the drummer, was playing with like Pork Tornado. Pork Tornado. Anyway, they didn't come back till <laughs> two thousand nine for three point So a three year hiatus followed, and by only a year or two, and then like a five year. Or something yep, like five that. Five years of no fish. And then 09, they came back. Okay. And played at like Hampton Coliseum, the mothership out there in Virginia, coastal Virginia. Okay. And they're back for 3.0, which went until COVID. All right. So that's a little bit of an, a- the 4.0 is a little bit of an asterisk because it's they didn't really end as a band. Right. They just had to pivot the year of 2020, the word of 2020. Yeah. 
And they're I don't different, know, man. Now. Did they really? But oh, they are different. Okay. It's, but I mean, it's subtle. It's the same members <laughs> since '86, so it's really it's just it's all 1.0, maybe 1.2, because they started with like a Jeff Holdsworth, and he was like, "Nah, this is too weird," or whatever. There's too many notes. But it can be the second and third and fourth generation of the same people. It's though. the same people. Same generation or fourth generation of style is different style or no? No, it's subtle. Like they play the same songs. They write. They Trey. They all wrote a bunch of songs, especially Trey during COVID. So there's a lot of new material. Okay. Um, Trey redid his pedal board, so we got some new synthesizer sounds on his, out of his guitar and some like low octave growling, some and some uh, uh, delay pedal like some new stuff coming out of Trey. But it's subtle. It's still fish, but it's different. Different. But it by being present with being inside during quarantine, initial COVID stuff, instead of wasting it, they really did reinvent or not reinvent, uh, write yeah. and create. Mm -hmm. So Crazy. it's a bit of a 4.0, but it's also not. Because mm -hmm. right. a lot of us did that during COVID, but we didn't. It's Or maybe we all have... 2.0. We've all ribbed. Or maybe, yeah, mm -hmm. or maybe we're all 4.0 or, or, or beyond. And COVID right. kind of forced one of them on us all. Mm -hmm. and Trey was playing the Beacon Jams, like he would play to an empty empty house through COVID and, and live stream it. Yeah, and I remember so, you listening to a lot of those. That was kind of a new thing. And, and to keep all us fish fans happy during COVID, they did Dinner and a Movie, which is a song of theirs. Oh, okay. And so they would say, okay, Wednesday night at 7.30, we're going to live stream an old show from the 80s you've never seen before. It's filmed in some avant-garde method by this guy, Enjoy. And they, they play an archived live cool. show from who knows when um, and, and provide a recipe. So it's a dinner and a movie. It's, That's amazing. It, it's so fun. So then I'm thinking, back to the audiophile, it's... If you have good equipment yeah. to listen properly, yeah. you have the added layer of it, it will never replace being there at a concert. Right. But the media form of avant garde, different style of videoing adds to that experience as opposed to just one camera with one long shot and they press record. Yeah. You'd probably still enjoy it, but a whole nother level if the video angles are different. <laughs> it's almost part of that dissonance thing you're talking about. Exactly. Beep, beep, beep. It was a little hard to watch sometimes because <laughs> it was so avant-garde. Right. Taking chances with the video camera was an interesting uh, mix with Fish up there doing their thing. Mm -hmm. And I forgot the year, but it was like late 80s. And right. it's just great to say, especially these uh, young fans, they're like, look, at, look how young they were. Look how fast and tight Trey played back then. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, they were still silly when they played this song. Uh, they didn't jam. They didn't bust out into a type 2 jam like they do now. What does type 2 jam mean? The like extended... back then, type 1 jamming is sort of like you're jamming on the same chord uh, progression. Yeah. You could tell you're jamming that song. Oh, but right. at some point, they broke into a type 2 jam where they just left. It's not even the same song. Not even the same song. Now they're just almost jazz responding to each other. Yeah. Speaking they, of avant-garde, it's switch. like yeah, you got to know what you're doing yeah. to take chances. You can't, like, I can't take a musical chance. Right. I don't know how to play an <laughs> instrument good enough to take a you chance. You get lost easy. Yeah. You like, try to noodle and you're like, oh, I think you have to be truly an expert in your instrument yeah. to 
exactly. to quote unquote jam or to yeah. It's very comfortable with what that note's going to do when you play it. <laughs> yeah. And, and Trey's a composer, so do it with your eyes closed. Do notes. it with not not even thinking, looking at someone else. Yeah, muscle memory. So there. Yeah, they're always listening to each other. They're all masters of their instruments, but you know they're songwriters and composers too. So I don't know how they do it. They make it look easy, but that's what they do. They practice. They yeah, jam that's together. That's their art form, really. And they love it. What is it called again? You just said it. The jam type two. Type two. So you got. Fish 4.0 doing, doing type, two jams. type 2 jams. But in <laughs> this two, is fish lingo, behind-the-scenes lingo. Exactly. Here. But back in 1.0, <laughs> in 97, they did uh, Fish Destroys America tour, fall 97. <laughs> okay. And that, that was the peak of my um, early excitement. It was mm-hmm. like 97, 98. And there's like a movie on YouTube called Bittersweet Motel that follows them during that same period. And I was there uh. for some of those shows. But anyway, in 97, they went, they did Cal Funk. And so I think Cal is like, they're from Vermont. Mm-hmm. And then Funk is Funk. Um, so songs would, would, jams would progress into Funk, which is just like you strip everything out and, except for, there's barely anything <laughs> yeah. left. A little guitar wah. Right. A little bass. You know, it's like James Brown says, you remove everything you can. What's left is Funk. And, I really like that. And they did Whoa. that, and it's type three jamming way back then. And so sometimes if they dissolve into a low, yeah. you're like, ooh, a little type three jam. But uh, mostly that's 97 Cal Funk. <laughs> man, I love that. Because normally you'd think in different style of music, you'd think take everything away, and you have maybe like. Yeah, you got Fishman playing the beat up there. Yeah, just like one. But you add a little. But you're talking about. If, uh, if that's the only thing the you The essential leave. bass notes, not all the bass notes. Right. And you still recognize it's that style and probably even that band. Once you get to that point where you take everything away that you can take away, yeah. all that's left is that funky few little yeah. beats and notes. <laughs> and your body still wants to move to it as if it was ten instruments blasting. You're still like, I yeah. still hear it all. I'm and you kind of like hunch over a little bit like, oh, mm-hmm. this is nasty. <laughs> Maybe that's why they call it funk. Yeah, it's funky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so they would do that. And that was, this, I guess that's type three jamming, it's just pure funk. Uh, but what I liked about those late 90s was the uh, whale sounds that Trey would do. Hmm. It's kind of a siren. So he would start a feedback delay loop siren. So, <whistles> and let it roll. And then it's on a delay loop. Wow. A delay pedal and a loop pedal, or lo- it gets that siren kind of going, and it'll let that go, yeah. and then play other whale sounds on top, like, and that stuff would all layer up, and I was like, oh, this is so 99. I love these old whale sounds. Right. <laughs> it's like nostalgic. But it was a phase they went through, and it was, you know, so late 90s. They, you never, once in a while, you hear a little, little whale sound. They throw it like, in oh, for the true yeah. deep fans that have been there a while. Yeah. But he's got different tricks now. You know, my, my favorite band that doesn't technically exist anymore is Mute Math. Huh. And uh, I think they were early 2003-ish until a couple years ago. I think they don't exist. Although some would argue they do exist because Paul Meany is the lead singer and in some ways like organizer of the band. But he's the only person left. <laughs> and they're no longer performing. 
but the band still does exist and he still does create sounds. Right. So I, you could argue the band doesn't exist. Right. <laughs> but they're archived, so they, they will always exist. Right, right. But I don't think it's going to be a reassembled band, but maybe. Right. But they do a lot of that electronic experimental stuff. Yeah. I don't know if they would be in the jam band, but they do the, they take those chances of mm -hmm. like funky sounds and distortion. All right. right. If, if play me something and lean in so the microphone picks up something yeah. in it. And so I was just going to, uh, as we talk about their music, I was going to put something on. Yeah. It helps. Um, someone will take a song, like a famous one, like the, the Great Went Bathtub Gin from August 97, and break down the anatomy of a, a jam, because these songs go through these things. So it's good to have one playing in the background. And I can turn it up and turn it down. Yeah, but, whatever you This want. is Everything's Right from this summer in Dix in Colorado. Yeah. They've been playing there 10 years. This is our first time being to, to Dick's. And they played three nights in a row, and it was amazing. Yeah, that was just a few months ago. Yep, September. Yeah. Peak experience being at Dick's. And Nashville is good, too. But they played some really good tunes. Um, so this is Everything's Right, uh, Night 2, first song of the second set. So it's dark now. Maybe there's a thunderstorm and, or some stars. And they bust out with Everything's Right. And it's a new song, newish. And so it, it's classic in that it starts out with that singing part. And so it's like a song. Right. And so it's cool. So just jam for a long time. Yeah, so this is the song. And it's like Everything's Right. And all the new songs are like Love and Light, Everything's Right. Mm -hmm. You know, very uplifting. But their positive. older stuff had more like totally random lyrics that didn't mean much, right? Yeah, it's the you know could be about a pig, a mythical pig. It could harken back to Trey's uh, college thesis uh, called Game Hinge with the uh, the King Wilson and the Lizard People. Uh -huh. Could go back to that. Um, it could be something that he wrote in, in sixth grade with Tom Marshall. I think uh, you showed me that one. You know, I can't it could what be they're in college and the physical plant was like the Harry Hood plant, and it was run by Mr. Minor. And so that's the song, Harry Hood. Thank you, Mr. Minor. <laughs> it makes me think of poetry. Like, right. some of the best poetry I think I've ever read, it's like, you, there's no way you could know what they're talking about. Yeah. It's a memory that they have. They experienced something, and they wrote about what, inspired by what actually happened, a certain place, a certain hill, yeah. a certain whatever, a certain person, and right. you can't know who Mr. Minor is unless you, <laughs> they tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but we all know Harry Hood. They played that song 401 times, I think, because I just looked at Harry Hood on fish.net, and it highlights all the ones I've seen, maybe a dozen Harry Hoods. They played it at 21% of their shows, they play Harry Hood. Why? Okay, Fish fans have this weird thing <laughs> where they document. Yeah. I don't know of any other band that, that's Very maybe, grateful, maybe Grateful Dead. Yeah, too. they're similar. Yep. But, like, the data was harder to keep track of pre-internet, mm -hmm. though. But mm -hmm. what about... Like what, what's up with that? Why would you, why would it matter how many times they played that song? I've never. I mean, J Justin Bieber doesn't have that statistic. I don't think. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's no. Good. No. No offense to Justin Bieber. <laughs> I think he's great. 
But you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, it's not, his fans are not like, yeah, he's performed that 401 times, and yeah. this one was different because it was cold. That None of that stuff happens <laughs> with Bieber, you know? I'm Why sure he's we... got some stories. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure, actually, you know what? I take it back. There's probably an immense behind-the-scenes following of Justin Bieber's right. shows. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's I like it because I can look up Harry Hood and be like, yeah, they... It's a, it's a it's a sure thing. You're gonna love it. Love that song. Like and they played it since 1989 or eight. But it's not. I've been the to same this time. many of them. And then you go to jam charts and where it's like, here's the top jammy, the good ones. And so the upper 20 or so are highlighted. And then they'll highlight. You know, I've been to one Harry Hood on the jam charts, and it was the at, at the Great Went. Uh, a big campout thing in, in Maine, and it was notable because it was that first glow stick war, and oh. and a very good Harry Hood. I guess the question is, who decides the good ones? Right, the fans. The fans oh. uh, score, rate, review constantly, immediately, in real time. It, um, like this internal Yelp. Yeah. Like it's an insulated. It's only for fans, so there's not going to be any trolling and. Horrible comments and it's yeah. There's sometimes some trolling. Some of that on, yeah. the, on the live comments, but they're easily recognized. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> you're not really one of us, man. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So there's top shows, uh, top jams, and then uh, there's you know you try to get in there, do an honest rating, and be a good fan. Yeah. There's a thing called attendance bias because if you were there, you really like it. Because you've got the 3D smells, feels, lights, experience. And not everyone's been to 35, so if they've been to one or two, those were the best ones that have ever existed. Yeah, or they've been to 235 uh, shows, or yeah. almost all the shows, you know. Yeah. Or they go to the, all the shows now, because they're paying attention close. But um, but anyway, if you were there, it's different. Like this, this competition of what's the top jam of 2021... The ones that I was there for, I'm like, I can attest that they're really good because they're, you know, top seed jams. But um, someone else was there for, for the, the jam that's head-to-head -head with that one. And they're like, oh, no, this one is really good. And we're both right. Yeah. But I like mine better because I was there. It's an impossible, <laughs> it's really an impossible thing to be true or accurate about. Right. <clears throat> if you ever felt like... Okay, now, listen, they've... They've changed from that song to just jamming. Just a nice jam. They're like, oh yeah, okay. And so eventually, right, and it's not even recognized eventually they go the away from song. the song and, and you don't know what they're playing. They're just a type two jam. And this will go on a long time. We're seven minutes in and it goes 25 minutes. So there's 18 more minutes left of this jam. Or, uh, so you sort of get lost. You were in the song. Yeah. You get lost in the concerts <clears throat> live. Yep. Is Are these the parts where all of a sudden it's like... Well, there's a fifth member of the band that's doing the lights, Chris Carota. He's playing the lights with this. So now they're like different colors fanning out. The whole rig's dropping down low. He's, you know, he's like shining up in the sky. Right. You know, it's all, the lights are in sync with this now, too. Um, and so everyone's got their eyes closed, everyone's on their feet, yeah. and everyone's just moving their bodies through time and space. Right. Feeling the, the levity and, and the lightness of it all. 
and then you're getting the smells, and then you open your eyes and you look around at everyone. You're like, oh yes, and it's quite a vibe. You know, they're kind of like uh, spiritual leaders, right? Without words to stumble over, it's just like feet yeah, like vibrations and light. Mm-hmm. We're gonna help get us there. It's right. Follow me. Yeah, we're gonna get there. Yeah, Some they pe- wouldn't claim that they know anything other people don't know. Right. Special information, but they're like... And they know their audience. They're not play- they don't have to play to humans. Like, anyone may come to our show. We're Justin Bieber. It could be your mom, it could be your daughter, mm-hmm. it could be your uncle. But they, they kind of play mm-hmm. to fish fans. Right. So they really, they know, they, they're lucky maybe that they know their audience. They know what we want. And, and here we go. Okay. This is a this is a inflection point. You hear that? So Trey just hit some pedal with his foot, and now he's energized the right. synthesizer. Now you're bouncing a little just, bit harder as a fan. Everyone's like, "Oh yeah, Trey, yeah, do that, Trey. That feels good." Yeah. <laughs> so it's so fun. Just like follow, and they follow him on whatever excursion he wants to go down. Like, so he'll settle back now, and now someone else will like take over keyboard player so fun um but anyway i digress love sure. it <laughs> i mean i got lost in it that 30 minute one that you showed me yeah at first the first few minutes i'm like all right i think i get it and all of a sudden they veer off into yeah. that type two type two <laughs> and i'm like whoa <laughs> i don't even I, remember what song they started with i don't even still care what song they started with is this the same song one thing i do love is at the end they resolve things so they'll come back to the song if they can if they have time or unless they're it helps bring resolution to the listener right it brings closure somehow and you'll hear the and it's like they have to go from this weird minor scale or course back back to the major scales and to a different tempo and then it's but they just do it all together, like, boom, back to the song. And that you're like, whoa, that's expertise. the song y'all were playing? <laughs> I mean, that you have to be it's so a cool. true expert yeah. to do that. Sometimes it's abrupt. Like, they're jamming, and everyone's like, do this forever. Yeah, and then and all of a sudden Trey, he goes, <laughs> Trey pulls a ripcord. They call it ripcord. <laughs> he, like, gets scared or is ready to move on, pulls the ripcord, jams over, and maybe clumsily bonk into the next song. Everyone's yeah. like, whoa, whiplash. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But that happens. Like waking up from a dream. What just happened? What Where is was this? <laughs> but oh. this one is a top jam because it settles in, not for, I mean, a long time. It's a 25-minute long song. People, people like 15-minute jams, sometimes better than 30-minute jams because they get bored or lost. Uh. But not me, man. I, I mean, I like getting lost with them. Well, that might go back to the... <laughs> How they play to their true fans. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they've had so many people over the years say, look, guys, you could make so much more money and win awards and be nominated for this, that, and the other if you just make all your songs three minutes and 30 seconds. Exactly. If, and you, they, want, if you need to make sales, here's how you right, do it. Right, and they just go, no. Yeah, no. No, we don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> and then the fans go, you know, the extended jam sessions, if they were 10 minutes instead of 30, it'd be great. And they go, no, because that's what we, we just want to do, whatever we're feeling, right? right? <laughs> and it's funny, they, the, they'll come out with a new song, like Soul Planet. Uh, Trey wrote it, COVID, or recent, no, not COVID, like 2018. 
And the fans are like, ah, Soul Planet, bathroom song. I'm going to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take a piss. After that $13 beer, I got to go. <laughs> but they'll bust out, like, Soul Planet, and everyone's like, ah. And, and then hit a Type 2 jam that goes half an hour, 28 minutes. People are like, what are they doing to Soul Planet? You right. <laughs> so they still got surprises up their sleeves. So then it's, it goes online, and it's like, actually, like, y'all hear that Soul you Planet? don't think you like Soul Planet, but Check in, this one out. in Denver last year, <laughs> they did a 30-minute version of it that veered off. It becomes famous. Everyone's like, yeah. you know, the Tahoe, the Tahoe. Uh, yeah, Soul Planet. Uh, Soul Planet, <laughs> right. <or whatever. laughs> it's great. But not all fans are as deep into it. Like Sierra, sure. her show was her first show was also '94, and a good one. Sugarbush, Vermont, famous Harpua, where it's like a comet's about to crash into Jupiter, which she names her child in the future. Wow! Uh, and goes on fish tour, like actual tour. Me, I catch local shows and I go on a little trip. But she went on fish tour. But she's not into the data-driven yeah. geekiness of it. Nerding she's, out on all she's of She's into the... She knows all about the, the lot, uh, the scene outside, uh, the feeling, you know, all that stuff, but not so much the names of the songs even, or much less... Or the, the digital world right. related no. to it. No. She's like, just get me... Or how me. many songs she's been... Yeah. How many I mean, shows she's yeah. been to. She's like, she's I She's like, know. just put me on the grass down at the base <laughs> of the stage. Yeah, just want to have room to spin around and yeah, dance. Yeah, <laughs> smile at people and dance, and but I don't need to document anything. No, just feel it, and be there. <laughs> but she's uh, this year has been a little more energizing. She's like, oh, this is uh, this is more. I like this song. Like she, oh, she knows she the names it. of the songs now. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and now Trey's about to do something else. All right. Just a little bit weirder. Has a, a little bit of that funk. Right, to it. and a little. Uh, you can hear Paige on the keyboards over there doing something weird too. Turntable thing. Yeah. Yeah. But Fishman, he's back there wearing a, the donut dress that he's always yeah. worn. Bop, bop, bop. Just the machine keeping that. He's keeping such the best drummer. Like he's in unflappable. Is his last name Fishman with PH? Fishman. Is that with where an they, No way. Yeah. How did they, do you know how they named the band? Uh, probably. It's, I'm sure it's in this book right here, but. So you know. It's after him. But you nerd out on stuff, but you don't I know why remember. they named it Fish. No, it's John Fishman. Fish. They called him Fish. Still do. So it's probably him. Yeah, it's John Fishman. But they don't want to name it Fish. But yeah, that's because it it's up. too common, and if you Google it, you're not going to. Oh, it was pre Google. Right. But still, they don't want to just be called fish with an F. Like, that's what fish are. Yeah, PH. <laughs> exactly. That's their style. Yep. And and Mike, the, the uh, bass player, is the has the quirkiest, weirdest, like, sense of humor. Uh, so he, he brings that into some songs. He's, you know, so absurd. I love it. He always... We used to get these mailings from them called the Donyak Schweiss. And it's the newsletter. And fish this, news. This, this one's yeah, fish newsletter, summer '99. Okay. Uh, and they were just cherished. Read every little word uh, of you know. Here's the summer Man, summer that looks tour. Like brand new. Fall tour. Dry goods. Merch. 
Merch. So this is, yeah, 99 is, wouldn't necessarily be pre-internet, but pre-online but, merch. Yeah. I don't think people were buying e-commerce online E-commerce was like, we should be e-commercing. Yeah, I don't think it really... And then this is the best. Mail away? Well, and there's, there's three three things that are the best here. First, you order your dry goods with this form. Okay. That's pretty good. Second, Mike's Corner, which is some weird stuff from Mike Gordon, the bass player. Okay. Uh, Fish's Forum... All, you know, this is like blogish. Yes, yeah, a website. And then, but over here, look, yeah. tickets by mail. Fall so you mail tour money. '99. Look, someone bought a ticket to yeah. uh, to see them in a uh, certain show at a certain date. Where is it? And mailed in money. Yeah. Oh yeah, this is fall fall '99. Yeah, so I I was at. Uh, I went to shows in like the winter, like December of '99. So it's not even on here. But yeah, one ticket to um, Rosemont and uh, October 3rd, '99 was thirty-two dollars and seventy-five cents by mail. And now it's just this crappy Ticketmaster system where yeah. it's glitchy and you probably won't get tickets. Yeah. You can request them. Like almost like a digital version of fish tickets mm-hmm. by mail, probably won't get them. Uh-huh. It's too much competition now. It's kind of hard to get tickets now. And then yeah. Ticketmaster, as tickets sell, they escalate the price. Now you're buying a platinum ticket, the same uh-huh. seat but costs three times as much. And then people buy them on StubHub and they're yep. like three hundred dollars aftermarket or whatever. But so get, good old days. Newsletter. Yeah. Talk about this book. Yeah, this book is called The Farmer's Almanac with the Farmers PH. With the PH, I love This it. is volume six, um, <laughs> The Ultimate Guide to Fish. And it's just like the internet before the internet. So it's all the stories and all the stats, uh, reviews of the shows. Um, it's amazing. Like, I never look at it anymore because you can just, everything's at your fingertips. But no, but, but if I pull up uh, 9-11-99, at the Gorge in George Washington, famous fish venue over the Columbia River Gorge. Then I can see the set list and no. then read all the notes. And it's the same thing you look up online, but it's uh, here printed in the old black and white. Uh, but new stuff that you don't see now. I didn't know this. Attendance, 29,383. Wow, that's so cool. Tickets, $30. Show number 1,088. So even though when you're there, it seems like they're just going with the flow, somebody's documenting. Oh, yeah. Every song they played, how long they played it, how many people were there. And record, there's a whole taper section still well, sure. from the dead. They're like, you buy tapers tickets. On that, on that tickets by mail, there's an option here. Ticket type, uh, regular, taper only, or taper preferred. So a little section... Near the soundboard, you've got all these tapers with their gear up on stands, microphones, and that's recording the show. Maybe 20, 30 of them all recording the show. And now it's all digitized and up sure. online, but it was back then tapes. Yeah. And so not only are people writing down the set list and the times and putting it in, in reviews in a journal, they're recording it in real time. Even though this is a, a soundboard recording, there's lots of audience recordings of this show. Right. And, and it's, they're different. Like, 
the the soundboard's you know getting all the feeds and it's mixed. Right. Here, audience recording, the sounds bouncing around and it's like what it sounds like, uh, and it's picking up more of the audience sound. Have has anyone ever taken an old audience recording and made it and pressed it into vinyl? Uh, well. Not much. Actually, recently, Live Fish started putting out LPs of, of big jams. Yeah. And so I've got one for Ruby Waves last in 2019 that's like 34 minutes long, and it's one record, one song. Right. And it's not an audience recording. So all the audience recordings went to tapes, and I don't really know of any trading of, of vinyl-pressed audience recordings. Yeah. That would be... Like That's maybe deep. something from Japan. That's deep stuff. Like here's some kind of bootleg fish uh, record yeah. from Japan. Yeah. You'll see that at the record store. Really? Plus cassette tapes didn't really last and didn't really hang that hold the quality. It was very rich well. in the '90s. That was the way to hear fish. Is you had a, yeah. a a deck of tapes and you traded. You would send blanks. That's how my first time hearing them was in the about right around '95. Right. And it was on cassette. Cool. And I had never heard of them, and somebody was like, I want you to listen to this. It was my freshman <laughs> yeah. year in college, dorm room. Yeah. It was like, bam. Yeah. Just set. I'm like, what is this? What? I, how have I never heard them on the radio? Never heard anyone talk about them. Mm-hmm. They were never on MTV. Right. As far as I know. Um, my neighbor in Raleigh at the time, Keller, she made a dress for Fishman. Because uh, he always wears the donut dress, which is the signature Homer Simpson looking thing. Yeah, but um, <laughs> she made him a banana dress. Okay. And took it to the show. Uh, my, my mind says it was at the Charlotte show on April 24th, 94, at the Grady Cole Center, my first show. And when they played Contact, which is a the wheels are the things on the car that made contact with Rose, kind of a cool, <laughs> silly song. Um, she, at the beginning of contact, she t- gave Fishman a folded up dress and the tray or someone came up and got it and they were like, oh, cool, and gave it to him. And uh, and we were all like going nuts. Yeah, sure. the, I remember the guy next to me, a grizzly old fish fan, was looking at me like, why are you, why are you cheering so hard about contact? I'm like, the dress. Right. The dress. <laughs> and he wore it like for a few shows after that. Oh, man, and, and that's the, cool. Somewhere in the 90s there. That's fantastic. But we were late. And it's to on the, eBay now for yeah, a million dollars. The, where's the banana dress? <laughs> <laughs> but we were. I was late for that very first show in Charlotte in '94, and I blame Kevin Keck for that. Um, but I remember <laughs> Kevin, walk, if you're listening. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Kevin. But I remember walking up to the Grady Cole. Everyone's already inside, and you can hear my friend. My friend, he's got a knife already playing like through the windows. I'm like, oh man, oh. they've already started. Usually you're in there 30 minutes beforehand oh, yeah, at least, sure. but uh, it was kind of cool. No one around, just you outside the building, and it's all just starting inside there. <laughs> it was so cool. But I um, I didn't go on tour, so I was like most fans, where you just buy the tickets that you can get to, sure, and you go to a few shows a year. But yeah, it, I mean, going on a tour with the band is like massive commitment yeah, of but, time. But, you know, <laughs> but when you go to that one show that's like 
feels like it changed your life, you're like, I should go on tour. If we could sell grilled cheese, you know, 50 cents worth of material, sell it for a dollar. Right. <laughs> we could sell beer and water and just buy gas and mm. follow them around. You really, like, don't want to miss a, ever miss another fish show. Wow. <laughs> and I got the closest to feeling that way, I think, in 98. Uh, saw a little string of shows around Kalamazoo, like, so... You know, probably all the way up to like Madison, Wisconsin, Chicago, and and uh, Auburn Hills, like Detroit. And yeah, I was like, oh man, I'm just gonna take a leave of absence from my job and keep going. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> I still love catching a little string of shows here and there. Uh, and so this summer was probably we saw two two shows in. Uh, Nashville and three at Dick, so five shows, pretty close. It's like that's a pretty big year for me. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, but it's nothing, you know. I wanted to go. The, I should have gone to all those shows. <laughs> <laughs> right, should have. <laughs> and look, they finally concluded. Yeah, they're finally wrapping up the end of everything's right. All right, so there's still a couple little random little That's it. noises. Boom, That's the boom, end. And then people now it's figure like out it's over. Now it's like segue the next one. Yeah! Fuego. <laughs> uh, and yeah, that was it. So, you know, the first three, four minutes is like song. Right. And then Traditional who knows, song. And lines. then who knows what's going to happen next or how long it's going to last. Do they ever talk? To each other? No, to the audience. Yeah. What, yeah. Are they, what kind of things do they say? Uh, it's Trey. He'll banter sometimes. Um, Do they ever explain songs? Uh, this next song, or that one we just did, here's the story behind it. Uh, there's some songs that present an opportunity for Trey to talk to the audience, like Harpua. He'll get into some made-up, long-winded story that goes somewhere. And it's like a uh, stream of consciousness. Or he'll just say, that last song was in C-sharp. That's John Fishman on the drums. Uh -huh. And introduce the band or have a little, some little short banter. But not uh, too many real stories. Yeah, he may <laughs> say, you know, last night, you guys know, you know, Jason's Last Chance Saloon up the hill. They're like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we went there last night and had the best spaghetti, you know, or some <laughs> Just little random little story. moment. Or um, talk about, like, Trey played uh, a solo acoustic show. And he talked about, he's like, oh, he's like, how many of y'all, and this was like 2019, he's like, how many were here in 93 when we played here? And it's like, woo! No way. And it's like, yeah, we were here in 93, and I remember at the end, we played Big, Big Black Furry Creatures from Mars, and I laid on the floor, and it was my turn to like break the silence at this break in the song, but he, he thought it was the drummer's turn, so there's a long period of silence of him laying on the floor. And then he apologized to the audience. It just got <laughs> nice and weird. But then they like came back the next night, and he said something like, uh, "Sorry about last night. We just we were having a good time. Things got weird, but at least I didn't call a timeout with ten seconds left in the national championship." Oh, Chris Weber. Chris Weber. Michigan. They were there like a month yeah. in, in Michigan, yeah. in Ann Arbor, a month after that happening, yeah. and then the the crowd just went crickets right. they're like oh too soon so yeah Trey's the one that will banter with the audience mm -hmm. but it, 
Fishman playing the drums, he'll just um, say a few words once in a while. Michael will ask, will respond to Trey asking him a question, like, yes. But it's Trey that talks, if anyone does. <laughs> and it's always great. It's never, it's not usually too much. Can't imagine telling a story on a stage, stream of consciousness, not yeah. even knowing what you're going to say until you say it. It'd be amazing. <laughs> it's like it's almost like playing a joke on the audience. Right. Like you, we, I know you're going to listen to whatever I say, mm-hmm. and you're going to think it's important, but right. I'm just making it up. I don't even know what I'm about to say. <laughs> you paid for this. <laughs> but if you hear the opening opening notes to Harpoo, you know that some kind of story is coming out of. Trying. Oh, okay. <laughs> but sometimes it's just random. Unreal. But this, you know, we had tickets to go to Madison Square Garden for their big New Year's Eve event this year. Uh, but COVID, it got, it got Omicroned. Okay. And so it became one of, it became the only fish show where whoever wanted to come could come. It was live streamed with no audience and it was free. Right. I remember um, you. They played. And so, so they still and, went to that venue. No, they, oh, they okay. They did not go to Madison Square Garden where they've been going forever. I saw them there in '97 for New Year's Eve. They played at a huge black building in uh, Lippitz, Pennsylvania, in the middle of Amish country. Oh, that's right. It's like a rehearsal space for big, big band, big concerts. Everything you need to replicate like Unreal. a Beyonce show, just like the Amish do. Like the Amish do. <laughs> so they set up in uh, Rock Livets. Is that right? Livet? And um, played to really cool, like um, lights up on mic stands in the audience that moved. Okay. Like the lights for the audience. Something to look at for yeah. them. Active. They played an awesome show, but now the banter was like reading comments and responding to Oh, comments. right. And it's like, oh, uh, Bob from New Hampshire says his wife is about to go into labor. All right, good luck. Yeah. Guys. And then between the next song, it's like, oh, Bob's wife says, whatever song you play next, I will name my child. Right. And he played Harry Hood. Nice. <laughs> and it was great. Classic. That's and wonderful. And so, yeah, that came, that came about in the Beacon Jams with Trey playing shows to no one during COVID. Uh-huh. He started reading comments. Yeah. And it's uh, moderated by his daughter, who's like a, How about a millennial that? or yeah. Gen, Gen X, maybe. Oh, okay. 20-something. Unreal. Uh, but it's pretty fun. I like it. It's the new new 4.0 version of audience banter. Yeah. That's, that's great. So 4.0 with the Type 2 or maybe 3 jam. Sometimes. Mostly they type bust two. into some good Type 2 jams this year. And then that was the volume six of the Farmer's Almanac. Yeah, and I, that's where I stopped buying the books. They probably kept going a little while after that. There's new books. Pre-internet. Oh, yeah. even now? Even now there's some new books, but it's become like, the latest one is probably, it's called like 1.0. It's like a coffee table book of pictures from, from the 90s. Right. You know, nostalgic. It's not, it's not an annual Farmer's Almanac. Right. It's more of a, a book to purchase. Yeah. That Pictures. It's like Instagram on paper. Which is pretty on brand, actually, for yeah. them to print something like that. Yeah, and it's not them. It's some fan, fan art. Oh, really? Yeah. And then fish.net. 
yeah, that's, that's the real, that's where you get that info. And that's all volunteers. Is it really? So fish.com is like their official news and tour. Oh, so fish.com is their it, website. Yeah, fish.net. Fish.net is, is the fans just documenting stuff. Since the beginning of the internet. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so great. <laughs> it's so perfect that it's .net. Yeah. Yeah, .net. <laughs> it is. <laughs> But but a big following probably on that one, on the .net. Surely, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think, you know, the, the, the live stream uh, New Year's Eve shows they probably had a hundred thousand people, you know, that open to anyone that wanted to come. Probably about a hundred hundred thousand or so, I would guess, maybe more. But the fan, the, the the hardcore fan base is a percentage of that. Sure. You know, there's definitely fifty thousand hardcore fish fans but there's subcultures of that in degree a spectrum of yeah. intensity of on how, tour version <laughs> it's a soundtrack to my life you know I listen to it all the time to like never miss a show or at least couch tour which is watch it virtually you know mm -hmm. buy the webcast yeah and instantly review it score it on fish.net text your friends that this tweezer and alpharetta is blowing up right now Unreal, man. It's just like all webbed up, connected. But I don't have a big fish network that I communicate with. It's like, yeah, uh, personal experience. I share it with Sierra, Sierra, yeah. And and along the way, I've taken like work friend, like friends to shows. Oh, okay. Like I took Thad Gurley, my childhood friend, to December '99 Reynolds Coliseum, Raleigh. Uh, cold night dark night in raleigh in the old wooden gymnasium where the the um, wolfpack played with coach jimmy Vol jimmy volvano yeah. great venue played an epic sand full of whale sounds <laughs> just amazing tweezer um it took uh, a work buddy in michigan's to the grand rapids 98 show and he he was he was like yeah I don't really get it, oh, okay. and it's funny bringing people to a show because you're like you 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 find yourself well apolo explaining slash apologizing, like normally by now they would have jammed out pretty hard. Sorry about this. This uh, isn't what it's always like. Yeah, it's not always like the you know some kind of like. It actually can, continues to parallel with a spiritual experience. Right. Take somebody to church. It's not always like so, this. I promise. Usually it's usually it's better. Than <laughs> but then they, they they blast out some gumbo, and you're like elbow them like gumbo, and you can you're clearly excited. So they get excited. Uh huh. And then you know, 23 minutes later, they're like, "Is this still gumbo? <laughs> I'm lost." You'd think though that just by being in a room of people that are all bobbing their head up and down, you'd at least you get into from it. a social sociological perspective you'd be like right yeah i'm jamming with you that's yeah. how I've, i mean i've never been but that song he showed me that was like 30 minutes long i'd say three or four minutes in i was like that's eh, fine like right. i'm not and then like then they go into the type two jam right and yeah, i'm like this exactly. is kind of cool <laughs> 10 minutes into it i'm finally like I think I get it. Yeah, I think I but get it. But it took me like 15 minutes into the 30 minutes to be like, oh, right. that's what fish does. <laughs> they just veer off into this extended session yeah. that you get lost. Sometimes it pays off. And, and you're like, oh, yes. 
And so I think, so there's a lot of good jams out of 2021, just an embarrassing riches of good stuff yeah. in 2021. Everyone's just like, yes, 4.0. Right. But still, I haven't found one that I keep going back to listen to more than the uh, Tweezer. Uh, August 1st from Alpharetta, not too far away. Should have gone to that show. Mm. Could have. Because we, we dropped Saffron off at camp. And then right. it could have made this show from Brevard straight to Atlanta. But Tweezer's a, a hardcore standby. They've always played. And it's just like, you know, uh, the, even the song part is like, yes, Tweezer. But this thing... Is this is the one that's from their childhood. The lyrics are from this childhood. Surely, Tweezer. Uh, step into the freezer, Uncle Ebenezer. It's got to be. <laughs> Isn't it I'll like, have to research that. It's like that a poem that they wrote, one of them wrote when they were like a kid, right? Yeah, I, I, I'm sure that's the one, but I can't remember. Yeah. But I, that's probably what I said to you, yes. Yeah, it was like it, one of them wrote a poem when they were like 10 years old. Mm-hmm. It's probably this one. I'll have to look. But anyway... Uh, Alpharetta Tweezer is going to be hard to beat in that bracket because uh, I haven't listened to all the other jams, but this one I keep going back to because it's so fun. Uh, so, so it's got yeah, it's got the it's the front runner. Yeah. So for a while it's just Tweezer, but if I recall, at four minutes, Fishman, who now has a suite of effects on pads, uh-huh. the drummer, and it's like yeah. Uh, all these weird at four minutes he hits a bell ding and something in my brain clicks that oh yeah this is the Alpharetta tweezer as soon as he hits that bell ding it's like the world shifts and then it goes off because right now this could be tweezer from 98 this could be tweezer from whatever yesterday but it's some let's go to four minutes yeah, four minutes is uh, coming up here. There it was. The ding. Followed by the distortion. And, and he, now he hits all his pads. His new sound, <laughs> brand new sound effects. We'd never heard these before. That's like, why it's until, such a until like days before this. And now, here on out, it just gets funky. Uh, it just stays cool for. 30 more minutes. <laughs> wow. Uh, and it's... Uh, Still sounds like the same song, though. Right. And it, But by the end, they're just in... You know, it goes into, like, um, flashlight section, like... <laughs> and then it goes How low through, can like... You go? An Esther section, so they play like uh, they settle it. They they move out into like uh, the solo of a song from the late '80s, and everyone's like Esther, and you kind of hear it, and then it goes back oh like a little gosh. tease. They love teases, so many teases, because they have you know hundreds and hundreds of songs, and but somehow once in a while they'll just tease one of those songs. And then get back out of it. And I don't know who decides it or it just pops in their head. They're like, oh. They follow each other. There's little (laughs) teens. Have they ever retired any songs officially? Yeah, they do retire songs. 
or at least for a while. Okay. It's they like, come out of retirement. And fans notice, like, you know what? They don't play Mound anymore. <laughs> so they don't announce a retirement in the song. They just sort of, it fades away. It fades away, and you can tell by the stats, it's been closeted. What did you call it? Retired. Yeah, but they don't go like, this is the last time we're playing this song. No. All right. <laughs> because there's always bust outs. Okay. Like at New Year's Eve, they played Time Turns Elastic. We used to be a 1999 bathroom song. And 300 and something shows later, they bust it out. So they have to relearn it. It's not in rotation. Well, New Year's Eve would lend itself to the word time, Turns but also yeah. COVID, things change. This right. is a completely different kind of New Year's Eve song than we've ever played. Mm-hmm. Bust Bing! out the <laughs> Let's play that one. Yeah. Right. So, but it was premeditated. If they wanted to add it back to this long list of songs that they're all comfortable going to, uh, and after that many song shows not playing it, they oh yeah they got to like shake the rust off of it, and and, um, and that's usually pretty successful. They're like, let's bust out "Time Turns Elastic," and they're like, people don't you know they get bored during this part, so let's jam during this part, and they'll uh, improve it yeah, a little bit. They sometimes. Change it a little bit. Yeah. I like the last few minutes of this song. Okay. Uh, I don't know if this is the right recording, but there's an audience recording where you can just hear the audience uh, now it following sound along. Like the same song like, to me. Yeah. You know, as they're jamming, it's got the place pumped. Yeah. Yeah. So now they're just playing something else. They've, they're in a different, a slightly different tempo. Oh yeah. In a different scale, different chord. So when you drop in here, you can't, probably can't really tell they're playing tweezer. It's hard to tell. But now, as soon as they do that, I'm like, this is Alpharetta tweezer. Interesting. Man. As soon as he plays that riff, you everyone can, knows know. that's Alpharetta 2021. Man, that is so deep. Because deep this, fan. Because <laughs> there's the little triggers like, oh yeah, this last five minutes is not to be missed. Like you can just feel the energy at uh, at the uh, outdoor pavilion I'm sure. bouncing. And this the, the the band gets excited. Trey's got this look on his face, looking at everyone. This yeah. big funny grin on his face. Uh, maybe his mouth is agape. Yeah. He's like jamming so hard, he looks ridiculous. Yeah, zoned out. <laughs> zoned out. <laughs> okay, last. And then you're like, is this going to last forever? Yeah, just keep going. Yeah. No ripcord. <laughs> but eventually, after about half an hour, they usually have had enough. Yeah. It's like, oh, we're, we're going to kill everyone. We got to. That sounds about right. We got we to gotta wrap it up, boys. Yeah. Segway into something else. But if they do that too early, they leave us disappointed. Right. Like, that was too soon! <laughs> yeah, it can't be four minutes and maybe a jam for 30 like seconds. You could have done that for at least yeah. seven more minutes. Yeah, keep it going. There's the uh, flashlight part. So that's, uh, uh, you know, P-Funk. Oh, okay. Flashlight. Do, do, do. Anyway, it's another signature of this jam. Oh, okay. And then pretty soon here, it's going to get into the... Uh, That's a new sound. A, a low kind of growl. 
That's a new tray sound for this year. Oof. And it's pretty funky. But that's the keyboard player. That's Paige. Paige is the man. Super kind. And he's surrounded by, by uh, keyboards and pianos, like all sides. Right. Double layered. Right, right, right. <laughs> so many options. Everyone's like, and this last three minutes is where the, you hear the crowd and the audience recordings, especially, start cheering. They're like, yes, yes. <laughs> and then they're responding to that energy. Yeah. And now you hear the crowd. Oh, yeah. They're getting riled up. That's a little bit of what you were saying, taking away. Yeah, it's type three a little bit. But it's not really like... You still hear some other stuff, but it's not all of the sounds. Yeah. It almost went funky, but it comes back to just good old... The jam again. 4.0 type two jamming. 4.0 type two jamming. It's clearly 4.0 because Trey's got that low octave growl. That's new. That's a new like synthesizer pedal. Here, here's the type three. But there's Fishman with his weird. <laughs> I love him. This is funk. Yeah, it gets a little funky. Build it back. And in the background, you hear like wow, wow. And the wow, lights. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a big dance party right now. Sure. Everyone's just dancing as weird and hard as they can go. I would imagine and hope that part of it is the freedom to express yourself without judgment. It's a very safe place to just look floppy. Yeah. uh, This is what my body is telling me to do. Right. Get spun and wiggle around. Yeah. Everyone's free to do that in there. Well, usually people only do that if they feel like they won't be judged, unless they are totally free of feeling judged by anyone. Usually people do that only if they're around people that they know won't feel, speak less of them. Yeah, exactly. But I guess that's, maybe that's what the fish shows are like. Yeah. You feel like you're not gonna be, no one's gonna look just at you and be like, that's not how you dance. Yeah. Just do whatever. Now locally, if I start dancing really weird and I'm in front of Sierra, she gets distracted by it, uh-huh. and she'll go in front of me. <laughs> but not if you're traveling to a show somewhere else. She won't. Pe- she won't penalize me. Like, <laughs> stop moving like that. She'll just move in front of me. Okay, yeah. And she's moving right, and I'm just like, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whatever feels good, you know. I don't care what sure. it looks like. But yeah. she's like, this is distracting. Oh, okay, yeah. She likes, and and so we in in uh, Nashville, we were like in some beautiful bathtub gin jam behind a pole okay. where no one wants to be because you can't see the band so it's a kind of an open spot uh-huh. in the lawn and in front of us is some guy who's just got the dance moves Yeah, he's just like Michael Jackson moves kind of like moving around the, the ground without moving his legs oh, somehow yeah, hovering right. and just like and so you find someone like that and that's like comforting like yeah oh, that guy yeah. knows how to dance and you kind of watch them right but if you find yourself watching someone who dances real goofy, you're like, start dancing goofy. You follow that energy, too. <laughs> but that was it. That was the end of the Alpharetta Tweezer, and it was a mind blower. 
And it's mm. going to go through, it's going to win, it's going to make it to the final four mm. out of 64 jams. Wow. And I hope it goes all the way. <laughs> <laughs> but it's tough man. competition. There's so much there. <laughs> Hundreds of songs, right. four types, multiple. I mean, uh, there's 4.0 types of jams, volumes of books, mm-hmm. thousands upon thousands of song variations i guess yeah hundreds and hundreds uh, right yeah some of their songs evolve um and then recently like a like uh the 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 uh, jamming on a a song that doesn't usually jam oh okay and and bust out um one of the top songs in the competition right now is like frankie says and it's a, a song they would never jam on but it reminds me of like when they did baker's dozen so in 2018, I think it was, they did the Baker's Dozens. They played 13 straight shows in Madison Square Gardens. It's, it's called a residency. 13 nights in a row with no repeats. Uh, so they just went through the catalog. Unbelievable. But on one night, and every night had a donut theme, uh, on jam night, jam-filled donuts, they jammed every song. Okay. So even Lawn Boy, which is like the piano player comes out like a crooner and sings, uh, leaning on the piano. Oh, the night and true. You know, just they yeah. jammed on Lawn they Boy still for did 20 it. minutes. You know? <laughs> so it's like they can do anything. And, and um, they always keep us surprised. I mean, that's how you know you have a lot of songs and been doing it a while. There's, an, a, whole, there's a whole encyclopedia of just you. Right. Instead of just that genre of music or types of bands, it's just you. Yeah. Fish is a, its own genre, it sounds like. Yeah, and there's some, I mean, I would say the closest new band to Fish is Goose. Okay. Uh, people like Goose. Goose is playing. People like, they're jamming, you know, they're like the young Fish. Uh-huh. But they're still, I and mean, I go listen to them, I'm like, yeah, it's good. But, yeah. But I mean. It doesn't, you can't replace like this. Yeah. Nostalgia. I'm sure, there's somebody that said that about Grateful Dead, and then Fish came and they went, I, "That's fine." But it's yeah, not. but Grateful Dead's turned into nostalgia. It's like kind of like keeping it alive because uh, okay. it used to be. Oh, but Fish sure. is still this. That was brand new. Yeah, that's a good point. And they're still making new roads, so I can't. I don't like to use the word nostalgia yet. No. But it's just like if they're have, still creating. Yeah. Then yeah. it's not nostalgic. If they were only playing songs that were written in the '80s and nothing else, you could maybe say nostalgia. But right. they're still thinking of new ways to create sounds and ways to transition mm-hmm. through songs and writing new. Yeah. But I'm a you know I'm a 1.0 fan, so okay. You know, there's a ton of people with their first shows in the mid '90s, and we're stereotyped as being like, all that new stuff is like whatever. Oh, okay. All the good stuff happened in the 90s. Right. Know? But I don't follow. Uh, I've seen all the good all, and all the good fish offerings, except for a Halloween show where they do a musical costume. But I've seen hmm. the uh, <clears throat> the Great Went, which was their big like destination multi-day campout, which okay. inspired Bonnaroo to happen. Wow. Um, New Year's Eve down in uh, Big Cypress. Florida was play from midnight to sunup. No way. Not all night they played. Epic. And good stuff, too. Like, epic jams. Yeah, yeah. 
but all night till the sun came up. I was there for that. That's phenomenal. Um, what else is special? Just uh, just some good shows like yeah. out at Dick's. It was like, and, and night two at Nashville just happened to be a top, wow. a, a favorite. Um, but never a Halloween show for me. Halloween shows, like in the '90s, they started covering an, a, an album. Hmm. Like the White Album, mm -hmm. uh, The Who, Quadrophenia, Talking Heads. They covered uh, a Halloween, like, Sounds of the Haunted House from the 60s album. Whoa. Uh, and then <laughs> in 2019, they came out and they're like, we're going to cover this obscure Norwegian rock band, Kasvat Vaxt. And what? they played all these songs, but they made the whole thing up. <gasps> and they wrote all the songs. Are you serious? <laughs> Everyone's like googling, googling the shit out of this band, and it doesn't exist except for like the one album they made up called, uh, you know, Face Planting the Rock in some That's other language. That's so. I don't even know meta. Maybe I'm not sure what the right word is for that. Yeah. I mean, not meta, but like. That's serious commitment. They're they're hard workers to do that. And some good songs out of uh, out of. Cosmo and now Box. you're a fan of a band that doesn't exist. Yeah, this band does not exist. <laughs> and you bought their I'm sweatshirt. Yeah. <laughs> this this last Halloween they did um, so four nights in MGM Grand Vegas, a stuffy old school indoor mm. COVID super spreader event. It was good though. <laughs> Night one. Let's see if I get this right. Um, Number set. Every song was a number song. Oh. 46 Days, 2001. That's how you know you have a lot below. of songs if you can have different themes. Night like two that. was just a kick ass fish show. Night three, animal songs. And they and, and Your Pet Cat is one of the top jams of the year, which is a uh, track out of the 60s Halloween Sounds album. They took Your Pet Cat and jammed it hard enough to be top 64 of 2020. How do they? <laughs> Uh, but um, this year they did, and this so night four, sorry, night four, they busted out with um, Sci-Fi Soldier, and so they usually give out a playbill, like a regular playbill oh, nice. that explains what they're doing. Put it on every seat, and this year really? it was a comic book called Sci-Fi Soldier, and they, uh, let's see, 2019 they it was um, they were in colored jumpsuits and they had the clones, like sending the clones was the theme. And the clones of themselves were running all around, and they lifted, <laughs> and they all each individually lifted up in platforms. Uh -huh. But Trey got stuck in the air with his in his platform and had to be rescued. But jammed a really good show <laughs> up there. Uh, but this year they virtually, not really, floated, you know, beamed in like Star Trek, uh -huh. and then had these ridiculous space costumes and and and, and different instruments, and played a whole a whole set of new songs they wrote and they were you know uh mixed reviews yeah you know some repetitive lyrics but some good jams and some creative songwriting uh, all just for halloween you know for halloween night and they're, just they're not phoning this in at all man and they're, they're like 55 years they're old committed and just committed i love that it's like if you're gonna do it do it the best you can yeah don't just go well We'll get. We'll make more money if we just do more shows. We'll right. Grab your guitar. We know what to do. It's like they're gonna still. Yeah. Why bother keep doing it unless you're gonna keep doing it, right? Yeah. 
and they're humble dudes. I mean, they um, they make a lot of money and they're wildly successful. But the latest documentary with Trey is called Between Me and My Mind. Hmm. He's living in New York. It's 2019. They just did Baker's Dozen, and he kind of goes and visits each of the band members in their homes, mm-hmm. and they're also great. Like Trey, uh, it's like here's a new song, Paige, and Paige works it out in front of you on the piano. Goes to Mike's house and they jam. Fishman lives in some farm. <laughs> Trey lives in Manhattan in an apartment, you know, just writing songs. He's a composer at heart. Uh-huh. A head full of notes. So what should, if somebody's like, all right, I want to give it a shot. Right. Do they go fish.com and fish.net? Or what, you can where just do you go, start? To you, go to YouTube. Okay, There's so much easy. new 4K pro shot material that you can, it's like you put it on your big TV with your good sound system at home uh, from YouTube and, and that tweezer comes right up and you can see him playing it. That was, I'm pretty sure that's def. the one that that's I, that's the one. Yeah. It, so fish with a pH, if they're in YouTube, that's what they put in. But any other work, should I put tweezer? Should they put and they'll get live what show? What should they put? I don't in? know. I have no idea. Yeah. Uh, fish. Most, most of us got hooked when they, when they came out with the album, uh, a live one. So it's like, go back and listen to a live one. A live one. Because they put out albums, studio albums, a and people are like, when are you ever going to put out a live one? They're like, fine, here's one, call it a live one. Oh, okay, got it. A, li- a live one. Okay, got it. And it's like a collection <laughs> of live music put right. out as a record, and it was it got us all hooked. Oh, okay. So, so like, that's a oh, good one. Yes. Fish, a live, a live one. one. Yeah. But I like uh, Junta, which looks like Junta, J-U-N-T-A. Uh-huh. 1989 album, mm-hmm. so good. Okay, that's divided, early. That's still divided 1.0. sky from from 1989 will make you just fall in love. <laughs> so it's divided sky 1989. Right, fish. That's <laughs> so a good nice. way to place to start. Yeah. Fall in love. It's hard to recommend it because it's not for everyone. Well, you, you got to take the dissonance with the uh, the bliss. But uh, you know, if it's you part of it. the people that like it, you know, you're just. You're like an insider in this subculture of people who like fish, and it's yeah. totally enjoyable. That's a good way to I get recommend started. it. Yeah. <laughs> sort of. And then somebody might just go, I don't get it, and turn yeah, it off, and someone else, you might have just converted a new fan. <laughs> <laughs> right. And they'll want to go with you yeah. to the next show. So New Year's Eve shows were postponed to April 20, 21, 22, 23, Madison Square Garden. Are you going? Yeah. So if anyone hears this... <laughs> I want to go. The tickets still available? No. Oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> Only on StubHub. Oh, okay. <laughs> For too much. Well, if it's a different show, reach out to me. I'll connect you with Brent. New Year's Eve is now in April 20th. Just like a true fish song. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> That's probably going to be the, a lyric in their song. Time turns a lot. <laughs> oh, cool. Well, uh... If I yeah. click on, if I go to, uh, I also subscribe to Live Fish, but uh, if I go here to the to the last show they played, it's New Year's Eve, and the last song they played was Harry Hood. It's definitely a favorite. Okay. And uh, that's another one. If people want to go listen to a Fish song, Harry Hood is um, a sure thing. This is reggae. It's got this reggae intro. And then it goes through a composed section and then to a predictable jam that escalates into a climax peak. And then since 97, and for a while there, 
it was the cue to for glow sticks to rain in oh. as a glow stick war. They just like come out of nowhere by the millions in, in a live show. People, environmentalists are like, oh, I hate these things, but visually sure. it's like, oh yeah, a glow stick war. Right. <laughs> yeah. You need to make some plant-based uh Yeah compostable glow sticks for, for fish shows. I did notice <laughs> at Dick's this summer that people did more of these um, confetti cannons. Like a little bit of big confetti went firing up out of the crowd and then got carried by the winds through the lights. And Whoa, it was pretty good. That is nice. And it was just like, not the micro confetti that seems like a nightmare, but like pieces of paper floating yeah. around. Mm -hmm. It was beautiful. And it wasn't like plastic poison that you're throwing, yeah, you're right. throwing at people. <laughs> Plastic with poison juice inside. <laughs> don't eat it, don't look at it, don't touch it. It's dirty now off the ground. <laughs> we'll go out on a good hairy hood. <laughs>
Oh yeah, I forgot to mention this was a Things I Like About Things edition of Things About Things. I hope you enjoyed. Thanks for listening.